This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. USDA left corn supply and usage unchanged from last month with the season average farm gate price also unchanged in the U.S. at $5.45 per bushel. USDA did lower U.S. soybean ending stocks by 25 million bushels to 325 million bushels. They did leave exports unchanged, resulting in a season average farm gate soybean price of $13 per bushel. That is up 40 cents from January. U.S. wheat outlook was for steady supplies, reduced exports, and higher ending stocks. Ending stocks of wheat raised 20 million bushels to 648 million, but are still 23% less than last year. Season average farm gate price for wheat was raised 15 cents a bushel to $7.30. That is the highest farm gate price since the 2012-2013 price. Advanced trading commodity research analyst Brian Basting said USDA did acknowledge crop problems in South America in that report. They did reduce the crop size in Brazil by 5 million tons down to 134. Uh, that number is a little bit uh, higher than the average trade guess, which is 133.5. We'll see. That number is still unknown. It did reduce Argentina by 1.5 million tons, down to 45 million tons. And it did reduce Paraguay from 8.5 to 6.3 million tons. So between those three countries, over an 8 million ton reduction in uh, soybean production in South America. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the grains did see some short covering to end the week, followed by key reversals in several commodities. You know, we had Conab come out with slice their uh, production in Brazil, We, uh, you know, greatly. Uh, we had inflationary numbers come out. We had exports strong, and we couldn't stick it to the upside. So uh, that is a concern here uh, going into the weekend, although Russia, uh, Ukraine is on the minds of everybody at the end of the week. USDA lowered world corn ending stocks from the January estimate of 303.1 million metric tons to 302.2 million. The uh, world soybean ending stocks were lowered from 95.2 million tons in January to 92.8 million tons. World ending stocks of wheat lowered 1.8 million tons to 278.2 million tons. The February WASD report was described as neutral or even a wet blanket for the grain markets. Zanier Group Ag Hedge Lead Ted Seifred said domestic corn ending stocks remained unchanged. Really, the whole balance sheet for corn was unchanged. So a little bit of a disappointment. And soybeans were down 25 million bushel. The carryover's done down 25 million bushel because they increased the crush, which I think needed to have happen. So, yeah, you know, I think the trade is... is, is a little disappointed. It's a little bit of a wet blanket. We've come off of the highs that we were making uh, when we were going into the report. But I think the overall feeling here will start to turn into the idea that, okay, this is just the USDA being the USDA and sort of stair-stepping into these bigger reductions. Been several recent soybean sales to unknown destinations. Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossi thinks China is the destination of those soybean sales. And they're still bidding for soybeans as we understand it this afternoon. 500,000 tons, pretty much equally split between old and new crop. And we are told that the Chinese are restocking their reserves. So if that's the case, then the privates are short bought and still will come forward with additional demand. And Bossi expects China to continue to buy U.S. corn and soybeans. I think it's related to the, uh, again, continuing push by the U.S. government for them to comply under phase one. I think they're buying an extra three or four million tons of soybeans and likely will buy additional corn. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
For some farmers, the 2021 crop year was a challenge. As you decide on your MPCI and hail insurance plans for 2022, look to Egg Country Farm Credit Services for help with your risk management options. We can provide you with a complete package using the expertise of our team of insurance specialists and loan officers working together to provide the analysis and options you need to make sound crop insurance decisions. Stop in or call your local Egg Country office today to learn more. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at this week in news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Inflation is now at levels not seen in 40 years. The consumer price index rose 7.5% last month. The Federal Reserve was already expected to increase interest rates at their March meeting. Analysts are now saying the, inf the higher inflation rates will likely accelerate a series of interest rate increases. USDA is projecting 2022 net farm income at $113.7 billion, down 4.5% from last year. A lot of this drop is going to be due to dropping government payments and higher production expenses. That's USDA Economic Research Service Administrator Spiro Stefano. He says production expenses will be up more than 5% from last year. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer says the big factor in bringing down farm income will be the dramatic drop in direct government payments. Northland Community and Technical College Farm Business Management faculty Betsy Jensen says it looks like this year is going to be profitable for most farmers, even with higher input costs. Right now now things look profitable, but that's because we have high prices. If we go back to, for example, FSA has planning prices and they say to use 675 wheat. 675 wheat does not work with the fertilizer and fuel that we're seeing today. So sugar beets actually we're looking at almost $49 a ton. Wheat is over $8. You know, that's a, that's a big shock, but the fertilizer really comes into play on wheat. Corn, we're also looking at close to five up in that 470, 480 range. And then soybeans right now are the best at about about uh, 10, 10 and a quarter. Uh, and so right now, soybeans look very profitable with today's prices. Jensen is concerned with what prices could look like in 2023. The South Dakota soybean processors will build a new soy and sunflower processing facility south of Mitchell, South Dakota. CEO Tom Kirsting says the plant's been in the works for the last few years. And we're to a point now, we still have some hurdles to overcome. We need some, uh, some approvals and some permitting and things like that. But we're to a point now where we feel comfortable we can go ahead and let people know what we're up to. You know, everything's in in such a disarray as far as uh, delivery times and you know being able to get things done in a timely fashion but we're shooting somewhere in the fall of 24 spring of 25 to be up in operation so it's, it's a little ways down the road yet. When completed, this will be the third processing facility for the South Dakota soybean processors. The other two facilities are located in Volga and Miller, South Dakota. 
It's official the United States had a record year of agricultural exports in 2021. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says $177 billion in ag exports were sold, breaking the previous record by more than 14 percent. record uh, that was set in 2013 when I was secretary before was surpassed in 2021, and it's expected to anticipate that that record will be broken again this year. U.S. agriculture had a $6.5 billion trade surplus this past year. The Grand Forks City Council continued their review of the development agreement for a proposed corn wet mill in Grand Forks earlier this week. An agreement must be in place with the Fu Fung Group before that project can move forward. There are still many questions. The council will continue their review of the agreement in a working group this upcoming Monday. The Canadian trucker protest moved to the region with all traffic blocked between Pemina, North Dakota and Emerson, Manitoba. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police is reporting a convoy of trucks and farm equipment is blocking the roads in both directions. This crossing is critical for the movement of everything from weanling pigs into farm equipment. At least 20 agricultural groups are suing the EPA for denying the use of chlorpyrifos. Soybean grower associations from Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota are part of the lawsuit. Sugar beet growers from Minnesota and North Dakota are part of it too. The groups are seeking an injunction of a rule that will take effect at the end of the month, revoking all tolerances to the pesticide. The groups ultimately want EPA to vacate part of the rule that conflicts with the 11 uses of the pesticide that EPA previously found safe. Chlorpyrifost is used by farmers to manage pests. The U.S. District Court ruled the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service prematurely removed the Federal Endangered Species Act protections from gray wolves last year. That means gray wolves will once again gain protection in 44 of the lower 48 states. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. We built IRE Insurance with one philosophy. Hire great people and provide great service and options. We want to protect your home, farm, crops, personal, and business. Hello, Shane with IRE Insurance. Since day one, we have followed this golden rule to help protect you. That's why we have so many locations like West Fargo, Devil's Lake, Hope, Hillsboro, Mackville, and Towner. To find out more about IRE Insurance, go to IRIEinsurance.com. You're protected and appreciated at IRE. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Cold front pushed through the region on Friday with blizzard-like conditions seen across much of the Red River Valley and into northwest and west-central Minnesota. Temperatures expected to gradually rebound through the weekend. Quiet weather pattern, though, is expected across much of the Midwest through the most of the next couple of weeks. World Weather Incorporated says the southwestern and eastern corn will be the wettest with a system that is expected to bring up to an inch of snow. Uh, some moisture is expected to fall across the southern plains winter wheat areas as well. Temperatures across the northern plains are expected to be mainly seasonal with highs ranging from the single digits to the lower 30s. A weak to moderate La Nina is expected through the remainder of winter. For the north, DTN Strategic Product Manager Ben Hershey says conditions could mimic last year. We saw um, 
conditions across much of the country, which would include the eastern part of North Dakota and western Minnesota for at least for the months of February. As we move into March, I think we're going to see some warmer uh, trends and above average temperatures, but then kind of a dip back into colder temperatures as we move into April per average, and then another warm up in May. So it's going to be kind of an oscillation, which is very similar to what we saw last winter season. Moisture from the fall and portions of winter is bringing optimism for the eastern part of North Dakota. Further west, however, drought conditions linger. I think we're going to continue to see uh, chances of snowfall, especially across the eastern part of North Dakota and western Minnesota. I still think that drought conditions across the western part of North Dakota are going to persist. Um, across much of the western part of the Dakotas in general are going to persist through uh, much of the next you know, six to nine months. We've seen you know, March and even early April temperatures across the western Dakotas, and so uh, that, that's a testament to the fact that they don't have any snow out there, and you get some the sun starting to get more power every day and so we're starting to see those warmer temperatures but then across the Red River Valley and the Devil's Lake Basin you know temperatures are still hanging much below uh, freezing because of the the snowpack that we do have across the area. Hershey was a presenter at Countryside Insurance Agency's meeting in Reynolds, North Dakota this week. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz's budget proposal includes 10 million dollars in drought relief. House Agriculture Committee Chairman Mike Sundin is frustrated with the lack of action on the overall spending plan. Some of the folks are dragging their feet on that. Uh, drought relief is so very important to, to get that money out as fast as we can. Uh, I'm, I'm glad the governor is supportive of that, uh, but I'm a little more anxious. Uh, I intend on dropping a bill to uh, expedite that and see if we can get $10 million out the door, five uh, for the drought relief through the RFA, and then uh, uh, another $5 million through uh, rapid response grants. With high input costs, farmers are urged to soil test so extra fertilizer isn't applied. Agvised laboratory soil scientist John Brecker says after drought years, there may be more nitrogen left over in the soil. When you have a drought year, there's a couple things going on. One, the, the crop yield and nitrogen uptake is lower than normal, um, so the amount of fertilizer that was applied was not fully utilized by that crop. So as a result, we end up with more residual soil nitrate or we commonly call it carryover nitrate after the year. So when we have reduced yields, we tend to see a lot more nitrate left over. And because it was a drought, a lot of that leftover nitrate is not lost from the soil profile like it would be in a wet year due to bleaching or denitrification. When it's dry, there's no soil water for that nitrogen to go anywhere, so it hangs around for the next year. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. No matter what's happening in the markets, stress is a reality on the farm. Monica McConkie is a rural mental health specialist and is ready to help. No cost, no insurance is billed, there's no paperwork. We come to you if that works best or are available by phone. The goal is to remove barriers so that farmers and their families can receive and access these services in as easy of a way as possible. Resources are available at agcentric.org. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, and wheat. We do that digging by talking with numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region or wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association.